and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. Two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan, Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. And I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church in Wairika, California. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, we are recording this on Monday, October 26th. Last week, for all of our devoted followers out there, you know that we talked about how to find a church and criteria of what makes a good church that that is worth finding. So this week, we're going to assume that you've run through that process and you found a church. So now the question becomes, what steps do you take to commit to a local church body? And once committed, what does that entail for you? Uh, one of the questions that often comes up about church membership, and I know I've had this question, is people will say, uh, Pastor Matt, membership is not in the Bible. And now, to be fair, like to that position, it's true that there's no like proof text you would point to that would go, and they church gathered and they had a formal membership and everyone said amen. Like there's nothing like that that takes place, but there are like several principles and really shadows of it in uh, the New Testament. And so just to run through some of those real quick and just sort of build a case for uh, the biblical case for membership, you have in 1 Corinthians 5, where Paul's talking about uh, not judging those people outside the church, but inside it. So clearly there's some divide there, right? That it's not everyone in the city. It's not every people in every church. He's saying we need to we don't judge outsiders. We leave that to the Lord. We're going to handle our business in our house. And so I think there's a clear differentiary there. And that's, then, that, that's course, true. I mean, that goes back to the Old Testament as well, where yeah. there's always been a differentiation between those inside and outside of, we'll just say, kind of God's people, you know, Israel yeah, I mean, versus fair, non-Israel. To be fair, like one is a nation and one is, a, one is not. No one is saying nations aren't biblical. So so there's a difference there. Um, but, but for sure, he's saying this is a church he's speaking to, and he's making a difference there. Then there's in Hebrews 13, where it talks about how uh, shepherds are going to give an accounting for people in their charge. Well, does that mean you, Kevin, are giving an accounting for everyone in Ephrata, Pennsylvania? I hope not. No, I don't think that's what that means. I think it means um, your particular body. And also it talks about, you know, being in submission to your leaders. Now we'll talk about this more later, but I don't think that means every elder of every church ever. Um, I, I think it means your particular church. So for me, like obedience to those commands don't make sense if you don't have some way of counting who's, who's who. And then we have in first Timothy five, where there's, um, where, where there's criteria for who can receive aid for widows. And so do you think Paul is telling Timothy he needs to take care of all the widows in the city? No, I think he's saying in your particular body, here are the steps you take to take care of the widows among you, he even says among you. And so that's kind of the point, right? That he's saying in your body, here's how you take care of the people who are in your body. And then finally, you know, in Acts, we talk about how it says it's being, their numbers are being added to. Well, what numbers? What are they counting? I mean, convent, converts for sure, but I think it means more than that. And so I don't know if you have more you would add to that, but that, those are just a few. I mean, there are more, but there's, 
those are just some of the examples I would cite of there being biblical warrant for membership. Well, I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have like the proof text, but it, but it assumes that that's the case. The whole script, the whole New Testament kind of assumes this idea of church membership is in the, in the passages that you cited here. I mean, there's just this right. assumption that church membership is a thing. Now right. it didn't happen again, you know, like the way we kind of think of it as well, they took the new members class, you know, they said their vows, they, they got up in front of the church and they were introduced and had a, you know, cake in the fellowship hall afterwards. It's not necessarily right. that, but also part of that is because we're in, in many cases, we're talking about smaller towns where there just was one church, you know, just, just one fellowship body. Right. So, you know, if you're, if you're a part of the church, you are a part of the church at Ephesus or right. Thessalonica or whatever. It's not like there's, you know, 27 churches in Thessalonica and they're trying to distinguish between one and the other. So it's like, all right, right. so you have to figure out which one is, you right. know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of this obvious, like if you live in Ephesus and you're a Christian, right. then you're part of the church at Ephesus. Yeah. And, and, and just to be clear on this podcast today, we're not advocating for whatever formal process your church has or doesn't have for deciding who's a member. Maybe that's another discussion for another time. But what we're saying is the idea of joining yourself to a local assembly is in the Bible. And, right. and, and just from a logic standpoint, I would just point out that everything has church membership. I mean, not church membership. Everything has membership. We join ourselves to all kinds of things. So if you join a gym, whether or not you go very often, which probably isn't too different than your church, I would imagine, but that's a separate um, issue. Um, <laughs> you pay dues, and you when you you have agreements about what you're going to do or not do, and they have, you know, they're going to they make commitments to you, and you have this agreement that you have. And so human beings just sort of organize themselves in groups that's what we do and so it just there's just a logic i, I mean if your kids join a sports team if your kids join a club at school i mean there's some sort of process for making that kind of official you need know, to sort of come right. and go to soccer practice but you sign up you're on the team you you might right. you know pay pay whatever dues and now you're on the team you're on the roster it doesn't just sort of happen yeah. so yeah it's it's just kind of innate in in humanity that we that we join different groups and uh, and have some means by we by which we kind of codify that. Yeah, for sure. So, Kevin, ha having established uh, in brief anyway uh, the biblical case for joining yourself to a local body. So, if 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 I'm at a church um, and I'm wanting to join, uh, who, uh, who can be a member? Well, I had I met with somebody. Not too long ago, I mean, within the past year, I would say, who they had come and visited a few times in our church and uh, had asked to, if I could meet with them. And so I drove up to their house and met with the, the mom and dad, and they had a, a young son, I forget how, seven-year-old or whatever. And, and he kind of asked me this question, you know, can I be a member at your church? And his story was that he had a, he had a um, criminal record. He had been in prison. And in his twenties, and then he had come to Christ, and you know, left that life behind. But he was wondering, he's like, is there going to be a problem with me becoming a member of your church? So he's kind of asking this question: Who can be a member? Yeah. And I said, look, there's there's two criteria for becoming a member at our church. You have to be a Christian, and you have to take the vows. <laughs> Which the vows are basically, are you a Christian? You know, more right. or less. Right. Uh, uh, you know, or at least most of them are kind of right. along those lines. Yeah. Um, you know, so I said, you know, if you're a Christian, you can be a member of the church period yeah. full stop doesn't matter what else 
Um, and then in our particular church, you know, our book of order requires that you take membership vows, right. but those aren't like, you know, signing your life away to anything. That's just, right. that's just sort of the process, you yeah. know, but in terms of who can be a member, any Christian. Yeah. Anyone who recognizes that they are a sinner in need of a savior and that Jesus Christ by his uh, birth, perfect life of obedience, substitutionary death on the cross, rising again to new life and ascension to the right hand of the father. If that's like where you're at, then you can be a member of a local, any of the good churches we described last week, that's going to be the, the measuring stick they're going to use. And, yeah. We often, we often use the phrase, if you have a credible profession of faith. Yeah. yeah. So if you can profess your faith in the Lord and it's credible, which I suppose that can lend itself to a little bit of gray area or subjectivity, but if it's, I mean, so, we, and we don't typically, you know, hammer someone on whether it's credible or not. We just, can they articulate profession of gospel faith? is, can they articulate that? And well, yeah. And can they give, uh, testimony to it happening in their life right agreed so matt why do why do you, I mean, you said you get this question every now and then why do you think some people resist this idea of church membership well i mean again some there's misunderstanding around the biblical the, it being biblical um and so i think we've addressed that but i think a lot of times there's especially today there's just a distrust of in, of a of institutions and i think that's a big part of it people just don't trust institute institutions anymore and I think there's this sense that like when you have formal membership and by formal, I mean, you know, we're recognizing that you're, that, that you're a part of us and we're a part of you rather than it just being this loose affiliation that somehow it being a loose affiliation is more intimate and more authentic. And I would argue that the opposite is actually true. Like marriage is very formal. People get dressed up, they make vows, there's commit promises made. And so there's all of that involved in it. But no one employer, says that that, employer, employee relationships right. are usually pretty formal. Right. <laughs> Sign documents right. to, you know. Right. And, and all so, that. and so I would just say that on the face of it, that's not true. I mean, I think what's tied to that a lot of times is a lack of commitment. Um, right. I, I think, and this is a, maybe this is a different podcast, but I think like, Things like Netflix and on-demand viewing for television has really changed everything in terms of how it used to be if you wanted to watch Dragnet, you had to catch it at nine o'clock on Wednesday or whatever it was. You know what I mean? And if you missed it, you missed it. And now, you know, you can watch your show whenever you want and you don't have to commit to anything. And I think that's just changed our sense of it. starting to sound like a cranky old man. Well, I'll own it. Get off my lawn. (laughs) But, uh, but... And again, and again, I'm not saying there aren't benefits to that, but I think one of the unintended consequences is we kind of want that for everything. I want church on my schedule. I want, I don't want to have to be at a certain time in certain place with certain people. I just want to do it on my own and, or when I can, or when it's convenient for me. And so I think the on-demand nature of everything, has just seeped its way into the church to some degree. And I think a subset of that is kind of consumer mentality. I'll come and be a part of you as long as you are giving me um, what I expect, um, whether that's youth programs for my kids or teaching that makes me feel good or, um, I mean, whatever it is. I mean, whatever your litmus test is, that is something other than is the Bible being taught, uh, like we talked about last week. I think that can cause people to resist the idea of joining themselves and committing. I don't know. Did I miss any? Yeah. Oh, I think those are all good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's tough. 
you know, a lot of those things you mentioned toward the end, the consumer mentality in the on-demand mentality has only gotten worse during COVID because yeah. everyone went online. And so yeah. now all of our, like we never did this before, but now all of our services are on YouTube, um, which you can watch whenever you want. You don't have to do it at 9.30 on Sunday morning. You can do church. You can quote unquote do church right. whenever you want throughout the week or the next week or whatever. Right. And in some ways that's um, was a necessary thing we had to do for this season of life, hopefully only a season and is not a permanent change. But yeah, there's some unintended consequences for sure. Did you I mean, just you tell can... me to get off your lawn? I think, I think, I think, I think. Well, just... yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of unintended consequences. And one of which is, I mean, you can go to, you can listen to, you know, I don't know how many thousands of different pastors online. Whatever I mean, you kind of I listen feel to like, you. Whatever your, so... whatever your, well, that's your own problem, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are your own issues. You, you have, have the good with, sense but... to not listen to me. So <laughs> anyway so that's that's uh yeah. let me ask you one more question yeah um, then maybe we'll take a break but so what are some of the benefits to church membership so like and i mean like formal church membership like i commit to this church rather than just well this is where we go yeah so i'm um, not to get too deep into the weeds here but one of the big ones for me at least is there's a rich theology and theological history associated with joining yourself to the body of christ um, we, we experience our union with Christ individually, yes, of course, um, but the New Testament in general is written to communities with few exceptions, you know, Third John and, you know, Philemon and what have you, but generally it's to communities that are joined one to another, and so there is a rich theological uh, benefit of our, part of our union, union with Christ is that we are united to him together. And so I think there's a rich theological history there. So what else? Uh, I would add uh, accountability. So if I join myself to a body, um, I'm giving them permission to speak into my life, to um, correct, teach, train, and to really apply the scriptures that is useful for teaching, correcting, training, and righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's done in the context of church. Um, that gives me an accountability um, to them and they to me. And I think arguably maybe most, maybe not most important, but at least what I think is the deepest um, benefit is a deeper relational connection um, to the church when that relationship is, I don't know, for lack of a better term, formalized. I think those are just a few of the benefits of joining ourselves to a local church. I don't know if you have more, but that's kind of- Yeah, I think any all relationships are deepened, I think, when they're committed to maybe you know we don't right. formalize friendships exactly in the same way but there's right. at some point you sort of commit to certain people being your friends and that, that helps the relationship get deeper right uh and and closer and it kind of in some ways forces you to do yeah. so well um, and that's a good thing i would argue that, that we do codify our most significant relationships right yeah like right like your wife is not like your friends right because that's a different thing and so it requires right. a certain amount of codification. Uh, your church is not like your is not like the Elks Club. It, it is a categorically different thing. At least it should be. And so right. it so it requires a certain amount of seriousness and codification around it because it's different. Like that's kind of the point. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Well, that's a good place to stop. We're going to take a little break here, take a breather. You know, we're cranky old men. We're going to go, I don't know what a cranky old men do. We're going to like stretch and talk about how our like back, how my back hurts or injured it getting up out of my chair. But Oh, my back hurts too, actually. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how our backs hurt yeah. and then we'll be back in a little while with the second half of the show. Welcome back to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We've been talking about church membership. And in the first half, we talked about uh, the biblical case for membership and what some of the benefits are. Now we're going to turn to like how you function as a church member. Like what does a church member do um, and what is and what's it like? What's expected uh, from the church and from the church member? So let's, uh, Kevin, let's turn it over to you. What's it mean to be a church member? Well, we changed what we did in terms of our new members class uh, a couple of years ago, I guess. And we tried to f- focus it more on this question, kind of answering this question, kind of what's, I guess, expected of you as a church member at, at our church, at RPC, but also what you can expect as a church member. Um, and we, we have our class, our you know, prospective new members, read a short book by Tom Rayner called I Am a Church Member. Um, it's a quick read. You can read it in probably an hour or two tops. Yeah. Um, it's real quick. It's just some bullet points, but it, it's good stuff. And it, it leads to some good discussion points. Mark Devers got one from nine marks. That's really good too. That's short and easy to read. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some good, you know, relatively brief resources out there, but it just kind of walks through some different things. And we found it to be an important thing to do with our church because, you know, at least in, in our tradition and Reformed Presbyterian traditions, we tend to be very doctrine heavy. And I think we were unwittingly kind of giving the message of you have to be this smart and know these doctrines to be to be a member here. And, and that's a problem. So we want to get back to being no, no, no. To be a member here, you just have to, have to be a Christian. That's all. And then to be a member here, you have to take the vows. And so part of understanding the vows of what it means to be a church member and, and connecting yourself to the church was understanding what does that mean to be a church member? So I use Tom Rainer's book, I Am a Church Member. And one of the things he talks about, I think, in the first chapter is the idea of uh, church membership not being like a country club membership, but more like being part of a body. Right. So country club members, you, you pay your dues, you expect goods and services access to the club or the golf course or the pool or whatever it is. And if you don't like it, then you take your business somewhere else. Uh, Whereas being part of a body and seeing your church membership in that light means you recognize that uh, the church is, is a body. I mean, that's the metaphor that, um, that Paul uses in his letters to the Corinthians and a body part recognizes their dependence on other body parts and a body parts plays, plays their part for the good of all. Right? So there's a fundamental difference in how you view church membership between the country club mindset of this is where I go, I pay my tithe, and here's what I expect from them in return, versus I'm a part of this body. What role do I have to play? And so Tom Rainer says, and I would say this as well, is that church members should be asking the question, how can I best serve? And we can kind of get on our like JFK, you know, thing here. Ask, ask not. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not what your church can do for you. But, but really, the question is, what can I do for my church? How can I best serve the church? Yeah. Um, I'm a part of this body of Christ. I'm a part of this local body, this local expression of the body of Christ. Now, how can I best serve? Now, to answer that question, you need to answer two other questions, I think. First of all, you need to know yourself. 
All right. You need to know your own gifts, your own talents, your own resources, your own bandwidth in terms of like, how much time can I devote to things? Um, so you need to know yourself and how you're wired. It also means you need to know the church, okay? the, the local church that you're getting into. You need to know what it's like. You need to know what its ministries are, what its needs are, what its, what its people are like. Uh, so part of our new members class now is we bring in um, all the leaders from the different ministries and they give a little three to five minute you know, presentation on who they are and what they do and what, what function they have in the church. And part of doing that is so that our, our new members want to get to know people and say, oh, okay, I've seen that face. Oh yeah, they're the head of the hospitality committee or you know, Christian education or whatever it is. And, and then their new members can start to think, okay, how can I best serve here? Because now that I've seen all the ministries that the church has and what they do, which one piques my interest? Which one um, kind of matches up with how God has wired me and, and where maybe I can best serve? Um, so part of our new members class is just this, this sort of like assimilation. It's not just, okay, now you're part of the church. Good luck moving forward. But no, rather, as you are becoming a member, you already have a sense of where you fit in and where you belong in terms of how you can best serve. Yeah, and from the good. church's standpoint, too, we get to know our people a little bit better. We get to have so a better good. sense of, uh, you know, it's one of the questions we ask as we're interviewing them. Um, if they want to become new members, it's just... You know, we want to hear your testimony, your Christian testimony, but also like, just where do you see yourself? Like, what do you think your gifts are? And, um, and, and we kind of have a thing where we don't sign people up for like the first six to 12 months that they're part of the church. Like you don't get nursery duty until you've been here for a while. You know, that, that's, that's a gift to them to be like, we just want you to, to land here. <laughs> uh, changing churches, joining a church is stressful. So just, just be here and be blessed and, and don't worry about signing up for anything right away. But it is a sense of we want to know kind of how you're wired so that so that you will um, be served and serve well in the hopefully years to come. Yeah. So, Kevin, you've given us a really good uh, way. OK, how do I think about myself as a member? Like not I'm not like a consumer. I'm a part of a body. And the question I'm asking is like not like what can the church do for me? Um, but how can I serve the church and where can I use my gifts in a way that's going to benefit the church and glorify Christ? Um, but I just want to ask, so what are just some practical um, like do's and don'ts or things that church's members should do or should not do? Like, how do I live and function um, just as a being part of a church? What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, one of our, one of our vows and we have, we're, we're pretty, we're, so we're a PCA church. And so we have a book of order that's pretty thick, pretty, pretty long. That's how we like to do things, um, which is good, which is a good thing, I think, for the most part. But and so we have vows that are in the book of order that anyone who joins a PCA church will have to take. Uh, most of them have to do with just your Christian testimony. You know, basically, do you believe the gospel? But the last one has to do with pr basically promoting the peace and unity of the church. And mm -hmm. you have a vow that you take to, I think it says to study the peace and, and unity of the, of the church. So ultimately, you know, what we're saying is, is our church members should be striving to be peaceable and unified um, within the church. So, I mean, there's some, there's some real obvious do's and don'ts. One of them is like, don't gossip, <laughs> like don't, don't engage in gossip because that never, that never promotes peace and never promotes unity. Yeah. 
Right? Don't that, speak that, it. Don't listen to it. Right. Don't like, start gossiping or don't continue gossiping. Like, you know, don't, don't further down the road. Um, that always just leads to division and people yeah. getting upset. So, um, and that's a whole other conversation about what we do when we're approached with gossip and how to handle that future, future episode. Anyway. Yeah. Coming soon to a podcast yeah. near you. Um, yeah. Hopefully a better one than ours, but anyway, if we have to address it, we <laughs> will. Um, so that, that's a real easy starting point in terms of a don't, um, in terms of a do is, is a do practice forgiveness. I mean, conflict is inevitable in the church. Um, so if we're going to promote peace, then we have to practice forgiveness. Yeah. Wendell Berry has a great line on this and I'm going to, I'm going to have to paraphrase it here, but it says peaceableness, you know, this, this kind of characteristic of being a peaceable person, it necessitates being peaceable in times of conflict. Like you're not peaceable just because you're sort of there when things are going well. <laughs> a peaceable person enters into conflict and seeks to, to soothe it Make or re- remedy yeah. it, makes peace. Uh, so if you're going to be a peaceable person, if you're going to promote peace in the church, part of that is that you have to deal with conflict uh, and inevitably, inevitably you're going to have to practice forgiveness at some point. Hmm. Two others I'll say in and this next one is probably a whole other podcast in and of itself too, but is submission to leadership. Now, I know that's the S word that uh, people can kind of wig out about. And for good reason, people usually have a you know, good reason why that rubs them the wrong way. Either they've been in places where the leadership was toxic or abusive or, or whatever. And certainly, again, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, we're not saying submit to that. Uh, but last week, we talked a little bit about this idea of find good leadership that you can submit to, but it's never right. sort of this blind submission. Right. Um, I mean, we blindly submit to the Lord <laughs> because we trust him wholeheartedly. No right. one else deserves our wholehearted trust uh, because every, every person is fallible. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's trust that's earned by virtue of just holding an office. There's trust that's earned by just virtue of someone's uh, character uh, over the long term or what have you. Um, but this idea of submission to leadership isn't an absolute, but at the same time, um, if you're going to promote peace and unity in a given body, especially a given local church assembly, then you have to have a faithful submission to leadership. Yeah. No, I think that's it. So, so, so far we've got, do submit to leadership. Don't, uh, engage in gossip. Don't speak it. Don't listen to it. Don't have anything to do with it. Uh, do practice forgiveness, and then is there is there anything else? We yeah, got? I'll 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 just kind of add one more, and then you can riff on that if you want. But mm-hmm. the last thing I think is really important, and when it comes to promoting peace and unity, and maybe it's especially, maybe this one rises a little bit to the top uh, during our current moment. Yeah, is the idea that you have to sacrifice preferences, and Tom mm-hmm. Rayner talks about this in his book "I Am a Church Member," where you know the 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 faithful church member sacrifices his or her own preferences again it's part of not having the country club mentality of it needs to be the way that i want now preferences can range all over the place from petty to more significant okay. uh you know it can be from the color of the new carpet to you know worship styles and music to what ministries we will and will and won't support what missionaries we will and won't support, whether we'll do this or whether we'll do that, what night of the week we're going to have it on. Those are all preferences. And if we're going to be faithful members of a church community, 
and promote its peace and, and purity and unity, then at some point there are some preferences that we will have to sacrifice and say, you know what, my purpose here is not to have myself be served, but to serve others. And so I'm not going to push my own agenda on this, but I'll defer to others, I'll submit to the leadership, and I'll focus my efforts on things that are more important. Yeah. Amen. Could not say it any better. So good. Well, you've been listening to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. Um, We hope uh, that it's been helpful to you and edifying. Uh, If you have uh, questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, you can email us at Matt and Kevin talk church at gmail.com or, or can, can we can we on... save the emotional outburst to your email no 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 <laughs> for sure Matt and Kevin talk church at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at Matt and Kevin talk church we'd really appreciate it if you would uh, help us grow our audience by leaving a review um, or uh, sharing it on social media that would be a big help so uh, thank you in advance for that and with that being said I'm Matt and I'm Kevin we've been talking church and the responsibilities and benefits of church membership. Be warm and be fed.